Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, welcome to Journeys in Faith. This is Andy Santis. I'm here on Fiat Ministry Network. Thank you so much for joining us. And I have an amazing guest this evening. Her name is Donna Heckler. She is an author, a speaker, and an advisor. So, Donna, I want to welcome you to Journeys in Faith. Oh, Anne, thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here with you tonight. Yeah, it, it's really a blessing for all of us because, Donna, you are a person who has so much to offer. You are a woman of faith and an excellent writer. So I'm excited for our viewers to learn more about your work and invite them to check out your website at DonnaAHeckler.com. So be sure to check it out. And I know you're also on social media. What are your social media pages, if you could tell us? So it's it's Donna A. Heckler um, on Facebook, Donna A. Heckler, author um, and speaker. And then it's also um, on Twitter, Donna Heckler. And then Instagram, Donna Heckler. So as long as you look up Donna Heckler and sometimes throw in the words be radiant and many times their words author and speaker, you're going to find me, I think. At least I hope. Yes. And I, your book is, is just awesome. It's called Marketing God. And we have a lot to unpack there. So I just invite everyone to stay with us. We are here uh, for one hour with Donna. So you have such a diverse background, especially starting in the corporate world. I thought you could just take us on that journey as to how you got involved and even up into the point where you are now as a writer and also as a speaker. Sure, absolutely. So you're right, Anne, my, my career, my life really did start in corporate. And I would go to mass on Sundays, but during the rest of the week, I was working and, and so that had a very different feel to it. But at the same time, I recognized that I was so blessed. Oh my heavens, the companies that, that I was able to support and work with, I can look back and say it was just stunning. Um, my career started with Energizer. I think most people know the Energizer Bunny. 
And I just have to say, all I did was keep the bunny going and going and going. So, uh -huh, <laughs> right? <laughs> Most people know about the Energizer bunny. <laughs> Absolutely. I also learned to wear a lot of pink when I had that job. Um, and the color still carries through. But yeah, I worked for Energizer and I ran the ad campaign. I did a lot of their new product work. And then I had this very interesting assignment. I was sent to Asia and I lived in Hong Kong and I ran marketing for Energizer all throughout the Far East. And that opened me up to the possibility of doing marketing on a global basis. And that became my career from, from thenceforward. So after Energizer, I started my own company and I always did some consulting and advising on the side. Um, but then I went back and I went to a variety of different companies from Cardinal Health, which has been getting, uh, it's been very involved with all the work going on with the pandemic lately. So I enjoyed watching them and the good work they're doing. Um, I worked with uh, Kimball International. You may know them for Kimball Pianos. So I worked with them. Mm -hmm. I worked with Ingersoll Rand. You may know train um, heaters and, and air conditioners, nothing stops the train. So, so I've had this career where I was doing all this global work for these really big brands. So I used to talk about my crazy busy life. I was always so busy and we all are. It was just that my busyness was all about my work. So that was sort of the corporate side. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I know you and I've had conversations before where you told me how that lifestyle just kept you from morning until evening, just busy, busy, busy. And I know that you had uh, a health crisis come into your life that changed things a great deal. And I wondered how much of that you'd like to share with us. Oh, sure. So I'm happy to share that part. So I did. I had this crazy busy life. I would get up early and go to meetings all day and then I'd come back and it would be nighttime and I used to joke after my timeouts that's what I call them I had these timeouts from God and after these timeouts I used to joke that that I was living my life in the dark because I'd get up in the dark and I'd, I'd come home in the dark and I never sort of saw the world around me in the light of day and then these timeouts happened the first one was a really freak leg injury. I was on the way to my aunt's funeral and we don't know exactly what happened, but my leg sort of wrenched. And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm on the ground and it's taking six surgeries to rebuild my leg. So um, at, at one point, the doctor wasn't sure that I would ever walk again. And so fortunately I walked and we healed, um, but it was such this massive event in my life. And I was asked to go on disability. And I was well, I can't go on disability. I work. You know, I have to work. And they're like, no, you have to rest. But I didn't understand what resting really meant. I sort of thought that I could rest for a week and then I'll be okay. And then I'll head back to work. But that wasn't going to be the case. And I was forced to sit for six months. And that was just such a, a difficult situation for me. But what I started to realize, that was my first time out, I started to see things in my world that had always been there, but I'd been too busy to appreciate them. Something as simple as the flowers in my own backyard. I remember sitting on my screen porch and, and my mother was with me trying to, to help as we were going through all this leg injury nightmare. When I looked at her, I said, you know, mom, 
I really have a beautiful backyard, don't I? I have beautiful flowers. And she looked at me, she goes, don't you know? Don't you know? That's literally how she said it. She's like, no, how could I know? I wasn't here. And so that time out sort of caused me to, to really take pause. And in the silence, God, who'd always been in my life, now I was really hearing him so much more clearly. So, so at the time, it didn't seem beautiful. But in the end, I could say, oh, the gift of, of silence and what it opened me up to. So once the leg healed, I sort of thought, okay, this is great. Now I'm good and I've learned a lot and I'll go back to work. And wouldn't you know, I get another time out. I'd only been back at work maybe for a month and I'd been off of crutches for maybe six weeks or so when we just discovered stage three breast cancer. And I'm like, are you kidding me, God? What are we going to do? So I tried to work through most of my cancer treatments, but the reality is I was really sick. In the end, in the period of 18 months, I'd had um, 12 surgeries between the cancer and the leg. I'd have had six chemo treatments, 30 some radiation treatments. I mean, my poor body was just broken down from all of this. So then I started talking about my, that this was my second time out. And I learned something with this time out too. In the first time out, I was seeing the beautiful flowers. In the second time out, I was seeing the people. The people, they've been in my life and the whole time they've been there. But somehow in my crazy busy world, it was just like, oh, hi, how are you? As opposed to really seeing them and really appreciating them and really seeing God shine through them. So, so that was my second time out. Once the timeouts were over, um, I wasn't sure. what to do. I went back to work and, and kept working, but my cancer markers never came down. And my oncologist looked at me one day and she said, I'm not sure what's going on. I'm worried that it could be cancer, but I actually don't think so. I actually think your cancer markers are high because of stress. So I'm going to invite you to leave your global career and quit the job. Just quit all of that. And I did. And three months later, my cancer markers were normal and they've never been up since. So here I am. I've had this global career. I, you know, I recognize how fortunate I was, but I don't know what to do. What do I do? You know, what do I do with this? And somebody said to me, um, a, a group of sisters in St. Louis wanted to give me an award if I would tell my faith story. I was like, well, I don't talk about my faith. What do you say? I don't do that. <laughs> no. And they said, but, but that's what you have to talk about. This is a, a faith award and, and you're a leader and we want to give it to you. I'm like, well, maybe I don't want it. I'm like, I don't talk about my faith. <laughs> and later, after a lot of prayer, I said, yes. And I wrote this speech that I now give all the time called, and then God gave me a timeout. And I, I never expected to do this. I mean, I've spoken 
I, I've given talks my whole life. I mean, you can't run marketing globally for big companies and not stand up there and talk all the time, right? But this was different. This was different. And the reaction is different. Um, and I know that I'm doing something that actually matters. I can, can use my voice and share my authentic experiences to maybe help somebody else recognize that maybe they've had a timeout or two. And, and what can they learn from their timeouts? How might they let God back into their life as a result of, of having to sit quietly with that? So what a blessing. What a blessing that God came into your life in such a greater way, although you were sick. And um, I'm just so happy that you're doing better and God is using you for very good work. That's for sure. And I know that our, our viewers are and our listeners too, because we are also on a podcast uh, because we are with also with Patchwork Heart Radio and Bill Snyder. So this is also on Patchwork Heart Radio YouTube and on Podbean for anyone who's listening. Hello, listeners. Hello. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, from that point, Donna, maybe you can explain what happened next in your life. So here you are, you've been home for a while, you are concentrating on your writing career, speaker, mm -hmm. and I know you say you're also an advisor, so I'd love to hear more about that too. Sure, so, so I didn't know what was going to happen, and I really had to learn to trust God. You know, I had to give it to God and allow him to use me in the way he needed to use me. And I wouldn't have even known to have prayed for that if I hadn't have had these timeouts. So different doors started opening and I realized that I just always had to say yes. I had to say yes if I thought it was a door that God was opening for me. Um, so I said yes to giving a speech called and then God gave me a timeout. Um, and the advising part, I started to be asked by parishes and various ministries you know, well, couldn't you help us with our marketing? Well, yeah, we can do that. Um, I realized that there was a disconnect between what I understood marketing to be and what many of these organizations were thinking about. So, so that leads us, and I'm jumping ahead to the book. Um, so we'll come back and, and go to the book in a little bit. Um, but all these doors kept opening up and I just kept saying yes to them. And so the next thing you know, I'm, I'm being asked to speak all over the country. And I thought, holy cow, who would want to hear this story? But the, when, when, what I've learned is when I speak, the most important part, there's two really important parts. The very first important part is that I always have to have 15 minutes before I speak to sit quietly with God and tell him that this is his time. What does he need me to say? I'm not going to go up with something scripted. I'm going to say what he needs me to say. So I, I give it to God. And then the, the other most important point is when we're done speaking, people stand in line to hold my hand because they've had a timeout and they haven't known what to do. Their willingness to share that. So, so it's really been this blessing and it's always been this opening up of different things that has allowed me to, to proceed. Um, to what we're doing now. I will say that one of the things that I think was so important as I went through the cancer, especially, I was so very sick. Oh my heavens. Um, especially with the chemo. Now I'd already had a bunch of surgeries. So my body was just broken down to now have to start chemo 
the doctors, I will say, were worried as well. So friends would come and they'd bring me lunch. And this one friend, Mary Beth, comes to bring me lunch. And she brought me soup. Everybody brought me soup. It was about the only thing I'd eat. So she brings me soup and she walks in and I'm laying on the sofa in the family room. Usually I would have my wig at the front door and I would say to everybody, you know, just come on in or, you know, I'll come to the door. I'd throw my wig on. But with Mary Beth, I said, just come on in. I just can't even sit up. So she comes in, she brings the soup. She takes a look at me and she says, why don't I go get our soup ready? And from where I'm sitting, I can see through some windows and she's in the kitchen and she's fumbling with the top of the soup and she's crying. But you know what struck me? She hadn't taken her purse off her shoulder. In, in what she was seeing, she was so overwhelmed by this experience that she didn't do something as simple as that. And somehow that really bothered me. And I watched her and I said, Donna, you have to be radiant for Mary Beth. You have to let Mary Beth know that it's going to be okay. And I wasn't saying anything that day. I just didn't even have the energy to speak. And I knew this, I'm thinking about this, right? I'm laying on the sofa going, how are we gonna do that? And I thought, use your eyes, just look at her and let her know that it's gonna be okay, let God shine through. And she came back and we tried to get me to eat some soup. And I, I just tried to look with her with love or like God shine through. And you know, it's almost like you could see her shoulders relax a little bit, like, okay, mm -hmm. okay, it's gonna be okay. And that became my, my mantra. I started to tell myself every day, not knowing what was going to go on, I would say, just be radiant today, Donna, whatever that looks like, just let God shine through. And I think by doing that, that's how I was allowed or able to be open to the various opportunities that that's then started showing themselves. I was trying to radiate God. And in the course of that, I was seeing so many possibilities in the world. I'm visualizing the entire story and it's touching my heart. I am sure that it's touching other people's hearts, especially those right now who are going through diff difficult times, whether it's something to do with health or uh, financial crisis or something else. Um, so we lift up those prayers, but Donna, I thank you so much for sharing that because uh, God is using you in great ways to help other people through your writing and just through who you are as a person. Uh, <laughs> You're trying yeah. to say that. You're trying to say that. Uh, you know, I think God uses all of us, doesn't he? And yes. what is so beautiful is, is seeing all these different people and who they are. And so the gift of that cancer was that I got to see these people. They, they'd been there and just hadn't appreciated them. And now to be able to see and appreciate people in the various gifts and, and, you know, he's using you, he's using so many of us who are out there in the world and those who are with their families. I mean, we all have this role to play for God if we allow him to work through us. Yeah, it's key that you said allow him because sometimes the person blocking is sometimes ourselves. I think you would probably agree with that. We, we block God from, from coming in and helping us when we're going through difficulties. We absolutely do. And, and honestly, I, I block God even when I'm going to do something cool. It's like, you know, I, I, somehow 
like my humanity gets in the way and I have these arguments. At least I now know to have an argument with myself. And honestly, a, a great one um, is the book Marketing God. Uh, I did not want to write that book. Let me just tell you. Um, I'm at mass, morning mass. I'm going to go to morning mass every day type of gal. And I'm at morning mass and I'm probably not even quite awake yet. You know, I was, I was there early. This is post-cancer, post-everything, doing work with, with various faith-based entities. And I'm at mass and I hear this thought or this thought comes to me, you should write a book called Marketing God. And I sit like, who said that? You know, and my first reaction was, oh, that's a bad title. That must have been the devil. And then my brain kicked in and my brain's like, well, wait a second. If you were any good at marketing, would the devil want you to write a book called Marketing God? I was like, oh, well, good point, brain. So then I'm thinking, then who said this? Because I didn't come up with it. And I'm like, oh, no, I know where this idea came from. Had to, you know, come from God, but somehow that idea is being, being put in my head. Well, now I'm now I'm like, no way, God, don't you know how bad this title is? This title is awful. We're not going to do this. We can't write a book called Marketing God. Oh my gosh. I apologized to the priest who was saying mass because I said, I'm pretty sure you saw me doing this the whole time. I said, that was me arguing <laughs> with God. So just ignore it. <laughs> uh -huh. That was me and God going, going at it. Um, and you know, as, as God is apt to do, he said very quietly. And it said very quietly, we finished mass and I'm still arguing. Um, he's letting me rant and rave. And, and we always say the rosary. There's a group of us at my parish. I always say the rosary after morning mass. And so we're saying the rosary and this phrase comes to me. And the phrase was, if you can help people be loyal to batteries, can't you help them be loyal to me? Ah, okay, I can't argue with that. You're right. You're right. So that's how the book even came about. So that whole idea of, of how it's so hard to allow God to shine through and, and, and to give things over to God, I was living now with this book. I was terrified of this. And then I'm like, really, God, you want me to write a book called Marketing God? Everybody's going to tease me. And my last name is Heckler. This is just bad all the way around. And, you know, but, but what are you going to do? So we said yes, and we worked on that book. What an amazing story. I just love it. And I love the title because it is, it is catchy because it combines business with faith. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. very rarely do you hear that in a title. So it is something that makes your mind kind of think, hmm, what does that mean exactly? Yeah. I was, yeah. I wondered if you could share. Now, we do have to take a break in about five minutes, just a, mm -hmm. a quick commercial break. But I wondered if you could tell our viewers and listeners, if you could give it like a tagline, what would it be? So I think the tagline is what we actually have on the front of the book. And the front of the book, we, we write inspired strategies for building the kingdom. And I have to tell you that that was another one of my arguments with God. I was like, okay, God, if we're going to write this book and you don't know me, any of you watching, but I sort of do talk like this with God. I'm like, okay, God, if we're going to do this, here's what we have to do. Right. And I said, I think we need a tagline. I think we need, we can't just have marketing God. We have to put something else out there. And I was at a Bible study and I was taking lots of notes and I went to the front of the Bible study handouts 
And I wrote this phrase, inspired strategies for building the kingdom and went back and continued doing the Bible study. And I thought, wonder what I wrote on that front page. Oh, I know what that is. And it clicked. I, I thought, okay, this helps us know this book is about bringing strategies that work in the corporate world to bear on ministries and parishes. There are things that, that I know work from having sort of been around the world doing this that I don't think those who are ministry necessarily know about. They've not been trained in it. They've not had these experiences. And I thought, how do I just put this in a book and, and make it available to people so that there's some learnings that they can use that hopefully will allow them to reach more people and ultimately help people become loyal to God. That's what this is all about. Yeah, I love it. And thanks for reminding me the the uh, tagline that's right on the front cover. <laughs> <laughs> I should remember that. And I knew there was one, uh, but the book isn't right in front of me. But I, yeah, that, that is wonderful that you put it right there on the cover so that people can be reminded of what this book is actually about. So I want to invite viewers and listeners to go on Amazon and key in Donna A. Heckler, Marketing God, and, and please check out that book. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, we do have to take a break, but before we take that break, I just want to tell uh, listeners uh, and viewers about an opportunity it is through Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Radio. It is called Discover Your Mission. So when we take the break, there will be a commercial about this opportunity, which is for you to enhance your faith through a special subscription service. So we will be back in just a few minutes and we'll be back with Donna Heckler. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. St. Paul is saying, you know, I am the most frustrated with you right now, God. I cannot be any more frustrated with you. Okay, dude? Like, I am trying to overcome this sin in my life. I am trying to overcome this, and I'm getting nothing. I'm getting zero. And God came busting through those doors. He answered my prayers. My dad healed so fast, but I never even thought of going back to God and saying thank you. He was long gone out of my mind. As a matter of fact, I went back to my Holy Trinity, which was me, myself, and I. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game. My husband comes home from work and I tell him what is going on with me and he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, no, no, no. I think this is like some sort of miracle, dude. And he's like, okay, you know, of course, but I'll believe it when I see it, honey. You've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that. And I'm, a, you know, he, his big line to me is, you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never followed through on them. And so this was week after week, month after month. He is looking at me like, this is a miracle. 
There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. He didn't call her a woman because it was irreverent and he was like, woman, get the heck out of my face. Uh-uh, it was woman, the new Eve. What do you have to do with me? It's not my time yet. You know it's not my time yet. But this is his first miracle. Why? Because mommy asked him to. Trust him that he is going to take care of you. That's the last thing. Trust him. And that might be the hardest. That as you meet all the other things, the sacrifice, the confession, the worship, the trust might be the hardest thing. That fourth thing that I just mentioned, the trust in him might be the hardest thing. St. Raymond Anada's Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith is an expression and an application from the Mercedarian Religious Order. And what we do is outreach to families in crisis, and our initial mission is to families and individuals affected by divorce and separation. We're doing special outreach right now online. What we're doing is we are uh, having these monthly online support groups for you know, individuals who are affected by divorce and separation. The divorce group is on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then we have another group at the end of the month, the last Thursday of each month, and that's at 8 o'clock at night uh, Eastern Standard Time for adult children of divorce. The focus of those groups are prayer, reflection, sharing in a safe place, and also attended by a Mercedarian friar and myself and guided by the teachings of the church. Welcome back to Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis. Great to be here with you this evening and with my wonderful guest, Donna Heckler. She is an author, a speaker, and an advisor too. She has written the book called Marketing God. And there's another book that we're going to talk about that she has written. And that book is called Living Like a Lady When You Have Cancer. And I wondered if you could share a little bit about that book with us, Donna. I absolutely am very happy to. So so that book came about because as I was going through my cancer treatments, I was getting a blog and I was putting down all the basic things that were happening. And
And I kept sort of griping. I was like, all the time, oh my gosh, this is so unladylike. I sort of felt like cancer was the complete opposite of being a lady. So I'm griping about these things. When people would say to me, could I share your blog with somebody? Because somebody else I know has cancer and they're experiencing this and I think it'll help them. And so I said, yes. And one thing led to another and people kept saying, wish you could put this all into a book. And so I did. When I finished all my cancer treatments about a year or two later, I, I wrote the book, Living Like a Lady When You Have Cancer. And, and the book, it was a very interesting journey for me. I started my first chapter is you're going to lose your hair. And I did. And my last chapter is, and then your hair grows back. And I sort of wanted to bookend the, the book with those two elements. And then we talk in the middle of all the things that happen. So it's a very practical book. I wanted somebody to be able to read it and, and walk away with two or three tidbits when something happens. And some of it is is basic, like what happens to your skin and, and it becomes really dry and what can we do? But this book was also very interesting because it was the first time that I started to talk about my faith. And I was terrified, terrified. And I know I mentioned that we wouldn't have talked about it in corporate. When I first started doing this was in the book and I had a spiritual advisor and she said, you know, your introduction, it's not very good. You got to talk about faith. I'm like, I'm not talking about faith in this book. And she goes, well, you have to. That's how you got through your cancer. So I write one paragraph about faith in the introduction. And I will tell everybody who's listening, it's the worst paragraph I've ever written. And I <laughs> edited it a bunch. I just, oh, it was just so hard for me. And finally, we ended up where I, I show it to her. She goes, well, it's passable. How's the chapter coming on faith? Is it a chapter on faith? What the heck are you talking about? She goes, you have to write an entire chapter. So we have a chapter called Being Radiant, Your Inner Beauty, and how you can allow God to shine through and how you can turn to God. And, and that was a really important thing for me to write because it forced me to open up and share my faith with others as a result of this cancer journey. So, so the book is Living Like a Lady When You Have Cancer. It's been out for a few years. You can also find it on Amazon, you know, if you're so inclined. Um, but it's an interesting book because of the journey it takes you through. It has sort of some facts and figures. And then the blog I kept is in a little side column all throughout the book so that you see exactly what I was experiencing at these various times as I went through the cancer. Thank you so much for sharing. Now, at the commercial break, I was told by our producer that we've had some comments on social media. So I just want to say hello to those people who have made some comments, and especially some people who have been affected by cancer and even by divorce. And I just want to make a quick note that for those who are affected by divorce, if you saw that commercial that was on, that I'm the director for foundation, a Catholic foundation that helps people who are affected by divorce and separation. So be sure to reach out to me at nonatis.org, which is the, uh, as I said, the organization that I am the director for. So, uh, but Don, I wondered if you had some words of wisdom for somebody who is watching, who is going through that difficult time, maybe in the middle of those cancer treatments, or, you know, maybe just got a diagnosis. And here we are also in the middle of this pandemic. And that's also very challenging. It, it is, it is. I, there's so many things that, that um, 
seem to parallel for me. I, I, I write a lot now um, and I was writing some blogs about the coronavirus being a timeout from God for all of us. And what might we learn with the timeout? Um, you know, I had to learn the hard way. And I had to learn the hard way that I had to be quiet, that I had to sit quietly with God and listen to him. And it's really hard to listen when we're so crazy busy. Um, so I think during these times for all of us, whether it's an individual situation that one of us is going through, or it's something that we are nationally experiencing or even worldwide globally experiencing, to me, it always starts with how can I take a deep breath and sit quietly and listen. And listen means my head doesn't get to do all the talking. My head has to be quiet and just look. Sometimes for me, I look at the little things, the little things. Look at one of the, I call them my God triggers. One of my God triggers is the color green. Have you ever noticed how many shades of green there are? Nobody could have come up with that except God. So how do we, in these really difficult times, sit really quietly and focus on something? Maybe focus on the green or focus on your breathing or focus on a bird or focus on petting your cat, whatever that might be, but take it out of your own head. Because when we do that, we're giving space for God to come in and sit with us. And, and when he does that, then we can hear him. And so to me, the first step whenever anything is going on is to sit quietly and listen, and then we can hear God's voice, and he will guide us. He will guide us. I um, say when I, I give my talk, and then God gave me a time out, that if we let him, God will move boulders out of our way, and he certainly did that. I interviewed to run the global marketing at Ingersoll Ray, and on the day I found out I had breast cancer, and what do you do, right? And there's no way I could take a global job, but as, as I sat quietly, I could see God move one boulder out of the way after another, but that was only because I was willing to be present to him. So that would be, I know I went out of it, but oh, no. that would it's, be it's, what it's I would encourage here. people to do. You're following the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you are. And it's important to do that, especially right now, I think with the suffering that so many people are going through right now. So right. Donna, I thank you that you uh, did go off on a little bit of a side note there <laughs> for those uh, who are uh, watching and listening on the podcast. Yep. Uh, I know in your book, Marketing God, going back there, there's uh, three particular truths that I thought you could, could talk about. Now, in her book, Marketing God, she, she has 40 different truths that she goes through and having to do with faith and also marketing God. And tr I'll just read the three truths that sort of stuck out where mm -hmm. truth two is uh, brand and marketing are not bad words. Truth four is everyone needs to own the brand. And truth six is a brand is a promise. So I thought you could talk about those, uh, those three. Absolutely. I, I would love to. So, so truth two to me is really interesting. So, you know, I'm doing all of this marketing, advising, brand strategy work with ministries, religious orders, parishes, and without fail, the first two or three years that I was doing this, I've only been doing it four years. So the first several years, people would say to me, well, whatever you do, don't use the word marketing. I'm like, what? And then somebody else would say, and don't ever use the word brand. We are not a brand. We don't want to talk about the brand. And I thought, 
you're missing something really important. These aren't bad words. In the secular world, we wrap the words brand and marketing up with lots of money, right? A brand is a big brand and you spend a lot on advertising like I don't know, Energizer, right? And, and the marketing, you're doing all these big sponsorships and whatnot. So we equate those words with money. But if you can sort of pull the veneer of money away, these words are actually really meaningful. So I put that chapter in there because I was specifically talking to parishes and ministries and those who were trying to do the work of the Lord that these aren't bad words, they're meaningful words if we understand them. I don't mean you have to use them every day, but if you understand them, then you're not afraid of them. So, so that was that, that little truth. Um, then truth number four is a fascinating one that everyone needs to own the brand. And, you know, you think about, well, I do because I was in corporate marketing, you think about a Southwest airline, right? And if you've ever flown on Southwest, you might have somebody sing a little ditty to you, you know, make sure you buckle up or whatever they do, right? There is nobody calling that flight attendant saying, make sure you sing this particular thing at this particular time. These people own the brand. They know what Southwest is all about. They know when this is appropriate. Well, what if we applied that to our parishes? What if we knew as parishioners that we were part of this parish that we owned it as well, that we had to convey what our parish was. If our parish is welcoming, that means we're all welcoming. I get animated. Sorry. I know, I know. I, <laughs> I completely agree with you, Donna, <laughs> totally. And in fact, as I mentioned a, a few minutes ago that I uh, am the director of Four Foundation and thinking how it ties in even to nonprofits, you it know? Does. It absolutely does. It really and, does. And, and so these are things, so my, my MBA was in, in brand marketing, um, and then that was my expertise all the way through global and corporate and all the way to, you know, senior VP roles. So it's something that I've been working on all these years. Well, if you've been working in ministry, you've probably not taken the classes or, or had the experiences that I've had, and, and that's part of why this I felt like this book was the right thing to do, even though I was afraid of it, was because there were experiences I could show and share, and maybe it would help everybody own their particular brand, um, regardless of, of the not-for-profit or, or the ministry that you're a part of. And then the last one that you mentioned, Truth Six, um, a brand is a promise. And I love this one because I think it makes it really simple. As soon as we think of brand, as I was mentioning before, we think big dollars and big bucks and, you know, all that type of stuff. But if you ask, what is a brand really? It's a promise that I, as an organization, are making to you as a customer. So I had a promise with Energizer, right? We'll pick on that because it's an easy one. We all know batteries. My promise was that that battery would keep going and going and going. And so that's pretty simple. That's what the brand was. Now, as with any promise, it has two parts. I have to say it, I have to put the word out there. From a marketing perspective, we do that with advertising or PR, right? But then it has to perform. If I say my battery is going to keep going and going, it has to keep going and going. So if we ask the question, what's your brand for your particular not-for-profit or for your parish or for your ministry? What is that promise you're making? Now, are you delivering on it? If you can make the promise and you can deliver on it, now all of a sudden, 
people start flocking to you because they get it, they understand it, and they want to be a part of it. So, so anyhow, I get a little passionate on these brand things. I absolutely <laughs> love it. And I'm thinking of, uh, just as an example, I'm thinking about the foundation I work for because our uh, little tagline, I guess, is that we offer spiritual accompaniment. And I know that word accompaniment is something that our Holy Father has used quite frequently for yeah. those affected by divorce separation and, and families in crisis. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so it's, it's just nice to hear that from you too, that that's kind of a good direction to be in Yes, you know, that you have sort of uh, branded yourself and know who you are and yeah. so that other people know who you are. Right. Well, and then you go back to truth four, um, and the truths aren't necessarily in any particular order. Um, but, truth for that everyone needs to own the brand. If they don't know what your promise is, how can they ever help own it? it, right? If they don't understand what it is, they can't talk about it, they can't share it. So that brand, that promise becomes so foundational, I think for all of the good work that's happening, we, we have to understand what it is we're providing and share that a lot so that others can share it as well. No, good to hear because sometimes it's better to target in and focus in on what your mission is instead of being maybe too broad at first. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you agree with that, but for whatever, depending on what you're doing, I guess, right? I mean, depending right. on what your work well, is. Well, and I, I would also say that there's a difference between the mission and the brand, right? So a mission can be a lot broader, but a brand for me is what you actually can do. So over time, that brand may expand as you are able to do more and more. But if you say, I can do X, Y, Z, but you can never deliver on it, or at least not for another few years, then people are going to say, well, she broke her promise. So I'm not going to go back. So I, I, I sort of see a brand as a smaller and more focused than the mission. But over time, we can build that brand to be bigger and bigger. I'm glad you said that. It does make more sense because you're right. The, the key is you have to be able to deliver what that brand is. And if you right. can't make that promise and deliver it, then it's better to stay on the smaller side, I'm guessing, right, than right. to be That's this big, huge thing that you're saying that you cover all these different areas, right. but you really can only deliver in maybe a couple. Right, right. That's so, exactly it. And you, thank and you, you want people to trust you and come back to you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're actually helping me too. So <laughs> the advising part, right? <laughs> yeah, the nonprofit. Yeah, yeah. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, sure. Now we have like, you know, we're about three quarters through the program. And I definitely wanted to touch on Pete. Uh, some people are going back to church pretty soon. You know, in our state, I'm in Pennsylvania. It's called the yellow phase right now. We started in the red phase with coronavirus, yellow, and then obviously it'll go to green at mm -hmm. some point but the yellow phase is where we're starting to get to do a little bit more and right. mass is starting for us this coming sunday so oh, the, the question that you and i had discussed for this show is when people come back to church about you know regarding the marketing part of it so i wondered if you had any thoughts there about as these churches are opening an archdiocese diocese right. how they can uh attract people I, I, I do and um you know, so there's a lot of interesting things with this. And, and one of the things I think about is that in marketing, we try and create demand. So demand is when I help you know that you really want to buy my battery or that you have to have my $250 Nike shoes, right? Um, so we spend a lot of money trying to create demand. 
And we can think about, or I at least think about the pandemic and the demand that it has created because we have not been able to go to mass. We have not been able to receive the real presence and to be with Christ. And so there is pent up demand. So there's a part of me that thinks that we may see a lot of people rushing back to church because they have missed it so much. Now, that has to fit with how can you go to church and, and the this, this social distancing and, and the masks and all of that. But, but let's just think about that piece of demand. So I, I was looking at research. It's one of those things marketers do as we look at a lot of research. And, and there was a study out, I want to say it was from Pew, the Pew Research Company, that said that of, of the people who um, are dealing with the pandemic, 27% of the Catholics are saying that it's causing them to, to grow in their faith. What a blessing that it is. is. What a blessing if people who, because they're forced to stay home, are feeling a deeper faith. So, so then we go to the question, well, now how do you open the doors? And, and how do you help people come in? And, and I'd say a few things. One, it's, it's that everybody who's involved in the parish it goes back to everybody owns it, right? If everybody owns the brand, then anybody who's involved with opening the doors of the parish from the Eucharistic ministers to the ushers, everybody should know what the plan is because then they can all help communicate it. The other thing to think about is you have different target audiences. You may have some people who are young and energetic and can't wait to run in the door. You may have others who Maybe they have some health situation that causes them to be nervous. So as a parish, we have to think about all these people. You know, how do we help all of them, if they are hungry, come back to Mass? And there are some who perhaps are going to continue to, to go to Mass online for a little bit. But what does it look like for them? When are you going to open it up for them? How are they going to feel safe coming back to Mass? Are you going to have a special Mass um, just for those who, who are a little bit nervous, where they're spread apart even more. There are different things that can be done so that everybody feels welcome, right? So, so there's a lot of different, different things that can happen as we think about this opening up. To me, a lot of the opening up is in fact marketing because so much of it is a communication. What are we going to say? How are we going to invite people in? How are we going to make sure they know that they're welcome and yet they're going to be safe. What's that promise of safety look like in our parish? Anyhow, there's lots. Poor Anne, you're getting to know me. I'll just oh, I go. Love it. You can <laughs> just go. This, this is just awesome. I think it's wonderful to hear. It's all positive because let's face it, it this has been tough for a lot of us, you know, and, and, and even what we've just seen in the last week and, and other events that have happened in our country have been difficult for some of us to watch. I'd say all of us to watch. And um, so I think hearing your message of hope, you know, and combining marketing and communication with our faith is a good thing. You know, it's a good thing to come together and say, how can we work together so right. that we can support all of these different kinds of members? Because as you said, you have the young people, middle-aged, older people, sick people, well people, young kids. Uh, it, it's all different. And, and there's a way to reach all of them in different ways. So I yes. think that's the way that we come together 
to yes. find out how can we reach all these different audiences, right? They're well, audiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and as, as we're, we're talking, I'm, I'm thinking about the fact that, you know, yours truly was terrified of writing about her faith, let alone talking about her faith. And I think I'm not alone. But one thing that the pandemic has done is it's allowed us, and well, really with everything going on, it's allowed us to start having a voice about how important our faith is. How many times now are we hearing people say, I can't wait to go back to church. Um, from the president, all, all sorts of various leaders are talking about how do we open up the church. To me, it almost feels like it's safer for me to talk about faith outside of, of my normal group of friends. And what a blessing that is, right? There's a, a safe place now to talk about faith and to talk about going to church because of what's happened. So um, I, I do see a positive in that as well. I do too. And it, it, it is exciting. Mm -hmm. And you know, with every cross, there's a crown, right? And absolutely, uh, I, I do look at it that way. And I yes. do think that I know when I receive the Eucharist, I'll probably cry because it's been so long and it's such a strength for all of us as Catholics yeah. when we receive the Eucharist. So oh it'll be a blessing. It will be. It will be. And I wondered if you had any final words. I know we do have to end in about five minutes or so. Uh, the way that some of the archdiocese has have handled this pandemic, I would say my own archdiocese has done such a good job with the online presence and so many of these masses that they've done for all of us mm -hmm. and other rosaries are my archdiocese did a nightly rosary at eight o'clock every single night my family and i prayed it together so mm -hmm. i was thinking of that when you were talking about how families have been enriched and we sat down every night at eight o'clock and yes. prayed and it was just a good thing really good thing it's beautiful and i i think a lot of families have done that they have sort of figured out how can they express their faith. And um, so I have a, a few different thoughts. One is that I think during this time as we're expressing our faith with our family, there we all have family members who aren't as close to the faith as we'd like them to be, right? Um, this is a window. It's opening it up and allowing them to perhaps hear, um, you know, we're praying for you. And, and we want to come together in prayer. So there's a gift in that um, as well. You know, I, I keep going back to this idea of this timeout that we've all had. And what were we able to do? Well, we were able to be quiet with families. We were able to eat dinners together. We were able to pray together. Um, we have, I mentioned the, the group that I say the rosary with, um, every morning, you know, we started doing the rosary on Zoom every morning. And so here are eight different people coming together and saying the rosary. What an enormous gift that was. So I, I do think that out of the, the challenges, we are going to see such a growth in faith. You mentioned what the archdiocese are doing. Um, and I think it's been spectacular, the various churches that are online and how people are able to go to mass with their own priest. And, and I will say, I, I both go to mass with my own priest and I've 
been checking out different churches all over the country. Yeah. I'm like, why not? I think everybody has. <laughs> I want to see what they have to say and what this is like. And there's a richness in that, a deepening of faith that happens as a result of that. So I do think many of the archdiocese have been very good about getting getting mass out for everybody, um, even if we couldn't be there in person. And, and, and that's a gift. That's a gift. It really is, Donna. Thank you so much. Now, I want to make sure that I say your website again, and also so you can tell us the social media platforms. It's mm -hmm. DonnaAHeckler.com. Please connect with Donna. As I said, she is an author, a speaker, and an, also an advisor. So uh, we're going to be ending just in a couple minutes. I wondered if you had some final thoughts for anyone or just ways that they can connect and be sure to tell us those social media platforms again. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So the social media platforms, I'm on Facebook, Donna A. Heckler, uh, Be Radiant or Donna A. Heckler, author, speaker. Either of those will get you there. Twitter is Donna Heckler. Um, Instagram is Donna A. Heckler, I'm pretty sure. And LinkedIn is Donna A. Heckler. So, so uh, with the Donna A, it's Donna, there's a small A and then another A. So just so you know, there's two A's in there um, with a nod to, to patron saint of mine. Final last words. Um, I think my sense is that we are all these spectacular children of God who've been given these gifts and we each have different gifts and different things to share. Um, and it's only when we open ourselves up and allow God to shine through us that we are able to make a difference in this world. And it might be make a difference in the world of your family, or it might be make a difference in, the, in a, a broader definition of it. Um, but until we are willing to let God shine through, um, I think we get in our own way. And so I would invite everyone um, to sit quietly, to let God shine through, and to see what a difference could be made in the world when they truly serve as a light of Christ. You are awesome. And I really mean that you have a, an awesome life. You've done so much, so much to offer. I especially want to invite church leaders and often people who are involved in nonprofit world and also businesses, especially those who are involved in the Catholic faith and uh, church world to please contact Donna. She can do so much for your uh, nonprofit organization or, or church parish mission. So uh, I think you would be great to help them, especially at this time as we're coming out of this pandemic and the crisis that we have all been through. So Donna, thank you again for being with us. Oh, you're quite welcome. It truly was an honor and a pleasure, and to be a part of your evening tonight and, and be on your show. God bless you. God bless. Be now, I, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I want to invite uh, our viewers also to go to uh, a special website because there will be a video available with Donna and I called Five Minutes of Faith, where Donna is going to give us some tips as we come out of this pandemic and to stay strong in your faith. So you would need to go to patreon.com slash patchwork heart ministry. And that, and there you will be able to find five minutes of faith. Now this is a subscription service and you can learn more about it on the website. So I invite you to check that out. So to all of our viewers, we thank you so much for joining us here on Journeys in Faith.
with my guest, Donna Heckler, and we'll see you next time. Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry today.